Hi, happy October. Uh, this is Joe coming back to you. Uh, I'm a little late with the story this past weekend, but I promise I did write it. It just took a few days to uh, do the recording and the editing. So I have it now. And I tried to do something a little different than normal. Rather than focus on just whatever came to my mind, I wanted to create something for the season. So it's my attempt at a spooky story. I haven't written a scary story since I was a kid, and I wasn't very good when I wrote it then. But this is an attempt, and maybe you'll like it. Maybe the sound will get annoying. I, I put the background music in again, because I, I left it out in last week's. But I put it in again to try to give a spooky ambiance. But because I have it on repeat, I won't be surprised if it gets a tad annoying over time. So leave your comments if that's the case or don't. That's up to you. So here is a Diner After Dark. Hopefully you like it. Dolores had just started a new server job at the Late Night Diner just 15 minutes drive down the road from her meager apartment. Although it wasn't far, it skirted on that boundary between just out of town and not quite near a highway exit, giving it a middle of nowhere vibe. Dolores had been out of the workforce for some years now, having been supported by her late husband, now estranged. After years of abuse, gaslighting and affairs, Dolores had finally had enough she moved to town over to avoid the judging eyes of shared friends and acquaintances who wouldn't understand her separation and the jeers and gossip of small town circles. Although she now felt rather isolated, she found a sense of strength and pride in her sudden escape, happy to finally have a chance at a better life. Her new job at the diner started last week and had been going well so far with few mishaps. She had quickly impressed her manager, which is why she'd been placed in the closing shift tonight. It was her preferred time to work and gave her more free time for errands during the day when most other businesses were open. She was a little on edge about the new shift, too. It would only be herself and a cook from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And from what she'd heard, the cook, Jeff, always left as soon as kitchen cleanup was finished which tended to be over before the front end was clean and the drawer had been counted. This would leave Dolores alone in the diner for at least a half hour. She tried to put her worries out of mind and instead focused on this new life ahead of her, visualizing each challenge as a step forward to further success. At 5.40 p.m., Dolores headed over to the diner for her six o'clock shift. For the most part, her day went by rather smoothly at 10, she said her farewells to the other shift going home for the night, which left the diner under the supervision of herself and Jeff. Jeff, so far, seemed to be amiable enough, if not a tad standoffish. Dolores hadn't formed a good opinion of him yet, but he mostly stayed in the kitchen and listened to the local radio. This lack of interaction didn't bother Dolores too much. If anything, his lack of interest in her was a comfort. She didn't want to be eyed by men after her recent relationship. 
Truth be told, men were the last thing she wanted to be around. But the constant stream of regulars, Wall dividing herself in the kitchen, as well as Jeff's quiet nature, allowed her some small comfort. While brewing another pot of coffee for the next group of late-nighters, Dolores happened to overhear a local warning buzz over the radio, involving a recent prison escape just down the road, 20 or so minutes from the diner. Two dangerous criminals had managed to escape during a transfer and were on the run, and all locals were advised to remain alert and safe. Now this worried Dolores, as would be expected, but she calmed herself, convinced that the likelihood that she would sight anyone was extremely low. It certainly spooked her, and gazing out at the black night at 11pm did little to assuage her fears. At 12, the diner phone began to ring. There was a single patron sitting in a booth at the corner of the room, and Dolores was starting to feel tired and bored. The ringing of the phone caught her off guard, surprised by a call so late at night. When she answered, at first she heard nothing. Then, right before hanging up, she heard it. Heavy breathing coming from the other end, followed by a low, breathy word. Dolores. Now fully awake and alert, Dolores quickly responded, asking who was there, but the line cut out as the other end hung up. Feeling slightly shaken, she returned the phone to its housing, but before she could collect herself, it began ringing again. She quickly grabbed it and put it to her ear, and again, that heavy breathing. This time she didn't hesitate, demanded they say who they were, demanded they identify themselves, and the breathing stopped. Then she heard that voice again. I know where you are, Dolores. I'm coming. Then again it cut, the other line having hung up. She was now very alarmed, but gathered her wits and chalked it up to a silly prank. As the shift wore on into the final hour, her paranoia over the calls and convicts grew, and she could barely hold herself back from fleeing to her car and getting the hell out of there. As 1am neared, Dolores' worries eased, and as the final few customers for the night came in and ordered eggs and coffee, she could hear Jeff cleaning up in the back cooking the eggs in a small section of the grill left on for the last few orders. At five till, the last customer left, allowing Dolores time to begin flipping the stools. And then the phone rang, startling Dolores, resetting her paranoia. This time, she did not answer it, instead choosing to turn off the open neon sign and lock the door. As soon as the ringing ended, it started up again, and again she ignored it, taking the broom out and sweeping the dining room. A third time it rang. This time Dolores answered it, yanking the phone up to her ear in spite and fear. 
she only heard that damn heavy breathing. She yelled into the receiver, demanding them to stop calling, and only heard in response, We're waiting for you, followed by the click of them hanging up. Dolores was now terrified. She swung her head to look out the diner windows at the parking lot, but all she could see were empty spaces and pitch black night. Her fear made her utterly aware of how exposed she was to those looking inward. A lit diner in a dark world. She heard a sound in the back, which made her jump, realizing in a flash that it was the sound of Jeff wordlessly leaving for the night leaving her alone, so terribly alone. She wanted to run screaming to her car, escape to her tiny apartment and cry in the safety of her sheets, but she knew the drawer still needed counting and the front end wasn't fully cleaned. She considered her options. She could do without cleaning everything. The morning shift would understand, hopefully. But the drawer, the drawer was important. She really needed this job. So she headed to the office with the cash drawer. After she'd finished the count and stored the money in the safe, Dolores grabbed her coat and keys, heading for the back door. As she opened it, a bright yellow light illuminated and swallowed her, enveloping all of her features, and she realized a car was running, lights blazing, imperceptible beyond the headlights. The stress and fears of the day were too much for Dolores, and she backed into the diner and ran into the office. Without waiting to hear the door shut behind her, she slumped to the ground, back to the door, lock turned, the only thing separating her from the fears of the outside. Her mind and heart raced, blood pounding in her ears. She lunged for the office phone to call the police, terrified beyond belief by the car outside. And to her horror, the phone was silent, seemingly cut and dead, and she realized how cut off she was from the outside. In that moment of terror-filled realization, she suddenly heard scratching at the door to the office, short and sharp. She couldn't breathe. The fear petrified her, and her mind fumbled to hold any logical thoughts. In this moment of worry and terror, Dolores fainted, darkness enveloping her world. The morning shift found her in the office after the opening manager unlocked the door. A raccoon was found scrounging around the kitchen, having entered through the back door which had been left slightly ajar in the night. Jeff was found asleep in his car out back, which had been running all night with the lights left on. When questioned, he said he had fallen asleep after his shift, intending to have a short nap before driving home. Claw marks were found at the base of the office door, which were attributed to the aforementioned raccoon, having likely curiously clawed at the door while exploring the diner. When questioned by her manager, Dolores broke down, describing the events of the night. The dead phone was easily explained away, as it had recently broken and needed replacing. As for the mysterious caller, nobody could say for sure. But it was a well-known fact that Jeff's son was a prankster, and likely would have heard of Dolores via his father taking advantage of a late night alone at home and her ignorance of his tricky nature. Dolores continued to work at the diner for some time forth, 
but she asked to be placed back on her original shift, to which the kindly manager allowed. The end.